the warmest of greetings to you and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching. This is the podcast to help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me today is... Hi, my name's Rob. I work in Key Stage 2 in a school in Buckinghamshire, and I've taught all the way from Year 3 up to Year 6. Hi, I'm Helen. Um, I am also a teacher in Buckinghamshire, and I'm currently teaching Mixed Reception Year 1. And we're very pleased to have you, our listener, with us as we explore personal, social, health and emotional education with a retelling of Hans Christian Andersen's classic, The Little Mermaid. So, for all the fun and effectiveness of story-led learning, let's don our finest hats, sprinkle some fairy dust and hang tight to our magic carpet as we dive, this week quite literally, into this week's story. On her first trip to the surface, a young mermaid ends up rescuing a land boy from a burning ship. She leaves him semi-conscious on the beach for his own kind to rescue, but then feels a great longing to get to know him more. So she heads to speak with the kindly old mare-witch to find out if there is any magic that might fulfill her heart's desire. I want to know, good mare-witch, can a mermaid walk with land people? Now the mere-witch sighed and patted the sponge next to her. Oh, sit down, child. After the mermaid sat, the mere-witch continued. It is possible, yes. My magic can give you more earth elements so you can swap your tail for legs. But there are three very important details you need to know. First, it will come at a cost. You will need to give up your water element, meaning you will lose your beautiful voice. The princess touched her lips. So I can walk with the land boy, but not talk with him? The mare-witch nodded. That's right. But that is not all. It's not how mermaids are supposed to be. So it will hurt a great deal. Every step you take will feel like your feet are being stabbed by sharp knives. The mermaid winced at the thought. But the face of the land boy filled her mind again, and somehow took the worry away. If that is what I must suffer to be a land person, I would do it for love. The merwitch held up a finger. Not so fast, your highness. Even with legs, you won't be a land person. My magic can give you more earth element, but it can't give you soul. And if you and your young learners want to see if the young mermaid manages to gain the soul she needs to have her happily ever after, you can download our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for The Dancing Mermaid. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you sign up as an epic educator, you'll also get a copy as an ebook or paperback illustrated by the magnificent Mario Coelho, as well as the full audiobook for you to download at any time. 
There are even some tips for telling the story yourself and a whole heap of resources to go with the lesson ideas we're about to discuss, including extra lesson ideas that we didn't have time to fit into this podcast. Right now, though, let's begin our discussion with Helen and Rob here by asking, folks, did you think this tale had legs? <laughs> um, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was um, it's a good retelling of the, the Little Mermaid tale, which through the versions which are quite commonly out there, movie-wise, mm. doesn't always appeal as a, as a boy film or story, but this mm. definitely caught my interest. Oh, that's interesting. So you consider yourself a boy? Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> rugged, rugged, masculine, masculine boy. Yes. Fantastic. Oh, well, it's good to know it has that appeal as well. H- how about you, though, Helen? Was it was it too masculine was... for you? <laughs> um, no, I I really liked it. Actually, I realised as as I was reading it, I realised I'd never read or heard the the original story before. I don't ah. know how that's happened. I kind of assumed I had. Um, mm. But I think I've been Disneyfied, <laughs> so yeah. um, and I wasn't sure what to expect. And to start with, I I found it quite well, quite a sad story, and it is kind of quite a sad story. But then hmm. I found that there was a lot to gain from it from a teaching point of view, um, especially that 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 kind of lack of traditional happily ever after. Yeah. Um, I quite liked. Yeah. I, I I think in the past you've you've quite enjoyed the the lack of traditional happily ever after. Yes, because <laughs> it, it's um, it's in pulling out the the things that are still quite positive in the story that I think make this such a powerful tale, and I I do appreciate and I understand why Disney did what they did with it, <laughs> um, but I think you really do lose all of Hans Christian Andersen's real comment on what love actually is and and what human endeavor actually is because this this is a very human story even though it is about mermaids and yeah plenty of magic and i think there's just enough in there that people will recognize um with a bit of a twist what what did you think about the interpretation of the mer witch for example i liked that as the um because in my head because i grew up with disney um mm-hmm. there's that image of the um it's like a evil octopus thing that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so Ursula. I like I like this interpretation of the of the Mer Witch and her character, and um, I actually enjoyed imagining what she would look like um, away mm. from the evil octopus image. Trying to get that out of my head, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I liked her role in the story. Well, let's start picking some of that out then. Um, the personal, social, emotional, education elements of the story, Helen. Since you've said that you've already started to pick up on some of those for your young learners shall we start um at your end of the school with ages four to seven uh definitely um so i've got a couple of pshe type themes or activities or discussions sometimes i find it's more of a discussion but Hmm. um the first one that i liked was the idea of talking about that the idea of of being happy as you are Hmm. um in the skin that you're in whatever that might be and i think from a very early age now increasingly early age children are sort of oh I want to be this I want to be that I want to be like that I want to be like this Mm. so I thought this was a good opportunity to discuss what starting with the mermaid because you know we start with the story and discuss the what the mermaid is like originally and um almost be in role as as advisors to the mermaid and talk about what what the class likes about the mermaid and and encourage her to be happy as she is and happy in the world she's in and in the place she's in and in the skin she's Mm. in and almost be those advisors, you know, young children like to take on that that role of 
we know we can help. We can, we, you know, mm-hmm. they always want to help, always want to help. And it might and, work if you dress them up as red lobsters and get them to craft <laughs> their own under the scene. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's an incredible <laughs> idea. Yeah. Okay, so got, the tongs. Yeah. <laughs> so there you've got a circle of little red lobsters <laughs> aged between four and seven um, with the mermaid in the middle um, yeah, talking, exactly talking to her about. Down here it's know, better, herself. where it is winter. <laughs> See, not all things Disney are bad. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> um, and then I thought from there, you know, they've they've sort of advised the mermaid about what, you know, being herself and being happy who she is and by giving her compliments mm. and helping her to see what's what's wonderful about her. And then moving on to, to doing the same activity for themselves and their friends. Um, I think being able to give each other compliments from a young age is such a valuable attribute for children yes, to learn. Yeah. To actually say what they like about each other and about the friends and and then being able to recognize those good things in themselves and start self-esteem off build that self-esteem from a young age um yeah. and a couple of related activities i thought would be quite nice is to take photos of the children and have the right speech bubbles about themselves you could even turn them into mermaids in the picture if you like you know <laughs> <laughs> how they might start, might start then saying how much they like their tail which is not quite the point <laughs> but i think you know you have a display of the children with their speech bubbles saying what they like about themselves what's positive about themselves um something i've done as well in the past is um make a flower so the children with a picture of the child in the middle and the petals with all everything that they've said oh. and that their friends have said around them um, mm. so i thought that'd be a nice pshe activity to start off with there's some um opportunities to model this from the story as well because you have the mermaid um, begrudging her loss of voice and ability to communicate with the prince and yet he tells her what a wonderful dancer she is which she's oh, totally not expecting yeah. and that continues throughout and you, I suppose it's starting to, to call up more towards your end of the school Rob if we if we start exploring how the prince isn't quite happy with his lot either because yeah, he, yeah. he escapes to to have a go at being a sailor and he's never too happy about the idea of marrying a princess absolutely you've covered it there i was just thinking whilst helen was talking that the activity of giving compliments to your classmates is a valuable skill throughout the school not mm. just mm. at the lower end because we find that when children reach kind of eight nine ten years of age their personalities have developed and they know who they like, they know who their friends are, but yeah. it's still important to recognise that the people in the class who aren't necessarily your best friends still have good qualities and you can still like things about them, even though they're not your the people you sit with at lunchtime or mm. whatever else. Yeah. Of course, we mustn't forget that the point of the story, though, is that the mermaid pushes herself beyond what she, what she has. And in a way, she does get rewarded for that doesn't she so uh, were there any other elements you wanted to to look at from the story on a a pshe side putting this out to either of you really to sort of explore that element of it the kind of well i suppose it's a sacrifice isn't it that she she makes in order to in order to gain something beyond just all the material sort of surface level things that she has at the beginning of the story I picked up on uh, responsibility for your actions, oh. which is similar to it's in the same kind of vein as what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but the mermaid chose to do the things that she did. She didn't have to choose to do them. Mm-hmm. Uh, she could have stayed in the water. She could have stayed in the sea with her her father, mm-hmm. but she chose not to. And because of that, she found that she lost the power of speech, and it also hurt when she walked. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and eventually it did turn out okay but she took there was a, a cause to the effect almost or an effect yeah. to the cause one way or the other hmm. um so just i think this probably would be more of a like a key stage two upper key stage two the things that you do will have consequences both good yeah. and bad so you've got to be prepared for them and if you've got if you can have like a, a foresight as to what those might be then that will help you to navigate those decisions hmm yeah, and there's an element of endurance there as well, isn't there? Because um, it's a little bit like um, wanting to learn a new instrument and picking it up and thinking, oh, I, I can't actually play this after all and putting it down after maybe one or two lessons and um, not realising that, yeah, you do have to go through the pain of practice, sometimes quite literally, because I can remember when I started learning guitar, you know, you, you, yeah. the ends of your fingers, um, yeah. first of all, they, they start to fall off, then you get all of the calluses. And yeah, it's, it's, it's quite, quite disruptive um, for your daily life to be trying to make sure that you're fitting in all, all the time that's, that's needed to get good at something. Um, and I, I think that's something of, of what the mermaid story could be seen as a metaphor for. I'm trying to think whether whether there'd be a way, because I think that's a really good theme to start with um, with the younger children as well, is that idea of of endurance and of actually choosing maybe the harder path Hmm. in order to have the outcome that you want. Um, And I wonder whether there's almost a way for them to be, to almost discuss if, you know, again, going back to this, giving this um, mermaid advice, but on a slightly different angle, um, the two routes Hmm. that she could take, you know, she could go down this path where it's going to be painful and hard, um, but this is the outcome. Or you can Im- we can imagine what would happen if she chose not to do that and maybe she wouldn't be very happy. Maybe all of, you know, we'd have to sort of imagine that as teachers, I think, a bit um, and mm. almost get the children to to discuss it and debate it a little bit um, with with that idea behind it of, of actually it's not sometimes things that can't do have to be a bit hard um, and you do have to show that endurance which is one of our school values so we're always talking about yeah, endurance yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> i was going to try and see if we could shoehorn the others in as well somehow. yeah what others um, are there compassion wisdom and endurance uh-huh. yes yeah, so i i think there would be a lot of value in with my age range in introducing the idea of making the decision to work mm. hard and to to make some sacrifices in order to get maybe what what you want that would be of more value yeah and of course the um the thing that she gets at the end which is of value is the ability to be remembered and have her story yeah. told so uh, as as one idea for how you could perhaps uh, explore this with your class you could put to them the 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 option of exploring what it would be like if the mermaid did stay below the sea or if she um, did, even if she did, you know, murder the prince and and go back to the sea, one of those options. Um, But if you do this right at the end of the school day and say that you're going to look at this tomorrow and then the following day when the children come in, just completely forget about it. And um, if any child says, (laughs) aren't we doing the mermaid thing now? You can go, what mermaid thing? We, we yes. didn't have a story about the mermaid. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then at some point when it when it um, seems that they've had enough of the joke, um, you can say to them, oh, well, there you go, you see. We, we wouldn't actually be telling the mermaid story if she didn't endure this this very important story. Give them uh, yeah. a bit of cliffhanger, cliff edge. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. I've also got a little bit on talking about feelings. Oh, okay. Um, because the mermaid and all the other characters actually they experience quite a few different emotions throughout the story 
Yeah. So just to kind of talk about those different emotions, those different feelings, and um, mm. and explore them in the class. So what do they what do they feel like for us as humans? What do they feel like in the story for the characters? But what do they feel like for us as well? How can we show these feelings? How can we recognize if other people are having these emotions? What can we do to support them or to enjoy that emotion with them? Yeah. So just to kind of really talk, get that emotional literacy up because having spent however long we did in not teaching full classes or teaching remotely or not even being in school, the children mm. who we work with and in other schools as well have spent a lot of time either by themselves or sat looking at a screen. So they've kind of missed out on that ability to recognize how other people are feeling or it's mm. they've not missed out on it but it's not as developed as it would be if they'd been in school every day yeah. so it's important yeah. to kind of yeah. explore it again top it up for those who need it topping up and things like that absolutely and it's quite a personal thing isn't it as well so with with this story for example the mermaid doesn't have butterflies in her stomach she has goldfish yeah, um, yeah yes. and being yeah. able to to cotton on to different ways that people express their emotions like that um can be enormously valuable i remember um oh, when was it it must be yeah, it's about 10 years ago now when i was training to be a teacher my french tutor said to me, we're talking about, I can't even remember what we're talking about, but he said he'd worked in a class where the, he'd said, okay, I want you to draw a picture of a, a river or something. And most children, mm. when they thought of it, it was nice and calm and serene and down by the riverbank, but one child wouldn't do it. And it turns out that that child had had, uh, they'd had a bad experience near water or something. So just uh -huh. thinking about what we perceive to be a good thing might not necessarily be Mm. an enjoyable or good thing for everyone and just being aware of that as well absolutely so they probably wouldn't get on with this story because there's an awful <laughs> lot of water in this story there is an awful lot of water um <laughs> i hope i hope wherever they are now that they, they have conquered um their ability to at least dip their toes in so that they can pull out some of the themes of endurance um and survival Very uh, which you folks have picked out mm -hmm. for yeah. this and you, you mentioned your um school's words being wisdom um and compassion i think there's plenty of that in here as well and plenty of the the wisdom in what you just said rob thank you how many times do you get told that every day? <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll try harder. <laughs> and there's the compassion. <laughs> um, there was a bit of an opportunity to talk about mutism and oh. um, people that use wheelchairs ca can't walk. Mm. Um, I thought it was a good opportunity just to introduce, especially at my age range. They might not have met many differently abled people um mm. in their lives so this would be a good opportunity to talk about that and start with the idea um so when the mermaid isn't able to talk um explore mm. what that would be like you know actually do it in class trying to communicate for it wouldn't last long with my age range but trying to communicate without talking you know how mm. how do we get about our day what if we need something we need the toilet if we can't ask the teacher to go to the toilet if we need Mm. you know if our friends upset us and we can't say anything um i thought it'd be quite a powerful way to begin exploring that and then introduce the children to the idea that actually there are some people in the world that are not able to talk and they live with these challenges and how they might overcome that as well um yeah absolutely. and similarly with people that aren't able to to walk people that use wheelchairs what that might be like and just how how day-to-day -day life would be quite different from the children in 
in our classes, those that are able to walk um, mm. and skip and hop and dance and and what life might be like if you aren't able to do that. But then also actually how how that's part of the individual as well and how they manage on a day-to-day basis and just how their life is a bit different and they're faced with different challenges, but they overcome those challenges. Um, yeah. yeah. So you could, you could set half the class up to say, okay, for the next hour you can walk or you can talk and the other half you can't see which mm. group find it easier, see how they mm. resolve problems. It's a bit of endurance there. Yeah. Yeah. A bit of endurance and also a bit of coming back to the topic you proposed, Rob, about, you know, how you actually express certain emotions and needs um, when you don't have um, everything available to you for doing so as, you know, everybody else around you. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Plenty of integrated learning there. (laughs) Fab. That's sadly all we have time for today, folks. We'd love to hear your thoughts on everything we've discussed in this podcast, so please find us on social media using at TeachHappily or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. You can also use social media to let us know if there's a subject you are soon to teach that you'd like us to cover. We would love to help. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable and enjoyable all at the same time. Tomorrow, the young mermaid will help us teach English. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio and we hope to hear your story soon. So... Cheerio! And we we hope hope to hear your story soon. soon!